welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite podcast where a couple breaks down horror movies thematically by month and one of us dies slowly. My name is Cindy. With me as always is Josh. Hi, not going to die this week. Okay. Actually, probably not going to die at all this month. All right. This month's theme, we begin July. Happy July with what's our theme? Zombie Zombie comedies. Okay. I did not know this was a thing. It is a thing. So I'm ready to, I'm ready to hear all about it. What do we got? This week is Return of the Living Dead. And this was something. Dun, dun, dun. So last week, uh, I made the mistake of thinking that we had already seen these movies because we've already done like Night of the Living Dead. And you said, no, these are very different movies. Also very connected to those movies. Okay. But more on that in a moment. All um, right. Movie was released. Uh, August 16th, 1985, the same year as last week's movie, Demons. Do you remember 85? I was six. So, I let's see. Is that the year of the Challenger explosion? Yes. I, yeah. I, was gonna, I uh, specifically wrote a note on my notes that I don't even need to write down yeah. what happened because I could just flip back a page. Yeah. Um, so, if you didn't lessen last week's episode, or if you did, you're hearing it again. Uh, 1985 was the year that Reagan was sworn in for a second term. Mikhail Gorbachev was, became the leader of the Soviet Union. Amadeus. 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 Did uh, you know Dana Carvey went up for that, was up for that role? I can see that. That would have been good. Yeah, I can too. Um, I just never knew about Tom it. Tom Hulse was really fucking good at it, though. Mm-hmm. Studio Ghibli was formed. Yay. Live Aid happened. Uh, New Coke came out. Yuck. And <laughs> also ties into last week's episode with Demons. And snorting the Coke out of the Coke can. <laughs> right. uh, Super Mario Brothers was released for the very first time. Super Mario. Ah. Ah. Uh, ah Luigi. <laughs> people that were born that year were Kara Knightley, Rooney Mara, Carrie Mulligan, and Michael Phelps. Okay. That was the year that we lost Rock Hudson, no. Yul Brenner, Orson Welles, and Ricky Nelson. All of those are tragedies. Tragedies. Um, Orson Welles died of, like, I think a heart attack. Probably. But Ricky Nelson was out, like a helicopter or a plane crash. Plane crash. Um, I think Yul Brenner was cancer and Rock Hudson was AIDS. Yeah. So there you go. Um, the other movies that came out this year, just so you're aware of what was happening. All right. The Breakfast Club. Nice. Uh, Brad Pack years. Goonies, Legend, Clue, Commando. Yay. Day of the Dead, Fright Night, Back to the Future. To name a few. Yay. It was um, a good year for movies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but Return of the Living Dead. Tell me about this. Uh, this movie is rated R. <laughs> okay. It is a super long one hour and 31 minutes. <laughs> okay. Which there are five episodes this month because there's five Fridays in July. Okay. So it. Uh, which means there's going to be four really short movies okay. and one really long one at the very end. All right. However. However. I'm going to like them. You're going to love all of them, but all of them but one are going to be about an hour and a half a piece. <laughs> nice. Yay. Um, okay. I guess yeah. I can I can live with that. This movie was written and directed by Dan O'Bannon. Okay. 
who we've talked about before. We've talked about because I love that name, Dan O'Bannon. He's the director of The Resurrected with Chris Sarandon. We did back when we did H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, yeah. Um, He is best known as the original co-creator of Alien with Ron Ron Chusette. Ron Chusette. That's not a name I've heard before too often. Yeah, Ron Chusette did that. He also did Total Recall. Um, Dan O'Bannon did the effects for John Carpenter's Dark Star. Okay. And won a co-directing credit was the whole thing. Him and Carpenter had a falling out. And that led to Dan O'Bannon going to work on... Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Uh-oh. I Did I stump name. you? No. My brain just died. Never. Can hey. never stump him. Oh, no, but my brain dies all the time. Okay. Um, uh, he's looking it up. Let's see. Yodorowsky's Dune. Yadorowski's Dune. I just, I was like, Dune, but not David Lynch. Before David Lynch. Before that. I could not remember Yadorowski because my, uh, sorry, um, grad school. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you don't even need to worry about it. You've it's been a this. thing. And then when it fell through, he came back to America, crashed on Ron Chusette's couch. Uh, and then they wrote the first treatment of Alien together, which was called Star Beast. Star Beast? Didn't have to look any of this up. All you of just this knew just all lives rent free in my head. Wow. Um, so there you go. Oh, I'm always so impressed by your knowledge, darling. Now, why does this movie have such a close connection to the to other Living Dead movies? The Romero Living Dead movies. Because the story mm-hmm. was by John Russo, who wrote the screenplay for Night of the Living Dead for George Romero. Russell Strainer, who was the producer and played Johnny in Night of the Living Dead. And Rudy Ritchie, who had bit parts in Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. Okay. And they were all very good friends with George Romero. Right. I have met two of those three people. That, yeah, they're on the uh, on the poster. I'm looking around. As a matter of fact, they had wrote this movie mm-hmm. with the idea of George directing it. Okay. Um, so what happened? And they kind of had a falling out after Night of the Living Dead. Like they had different directions of where they wanted to go. Um, because they each, between George Romero, John Russo, and Russell Strainer, they each had a third of um, ownership in Night of the Living Dead. Okay. Which, if you remember our Night of the Living Dead episode, that movie was a massive hit that made them not a ton of money in the long run because they fucked up the copyright. So it went to public domain. Yeah. Um, so there was this clamor for a, big problem. a sequel. You should make a sequel. And John Russo and Russell Strainer were, were trying to come up with their own sequel. And, and while they were doing that, George was like, well, I got an idea for a movie called Dawn of the Dead. I'm going to go do that. All right. Um, so he, he went work. off and did Dawn. Right. And, and then, then they wrote this and offered it to him. But he was like, I'm kind of got financing. I'm going to do Day. Yeah, he wants dead. to continue with his vision. Like, of I'm doing my thing. And then they were like, okay. Okay. So this movie takes place in a world where Night of the Living Dead is a movie that came out. All right. But it was based off the real events that happened in Pittsburgh. Okay. So it's adjacent to the George okay. Romero universe. It's just not. And it starts its own universe. And where George's films were very serious. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were like jokes and stuff, but. It's very serious. Yes. Like, the world is ending. Yes. Um, There's definitely a sense of dread. Dan O'Bannon and the producers were like, what if we just had a fun time and made a comedy? 
Um, and that's exactly what they did. And that's what this movie is. Okay. <laughs> uh, so there you go. So this is a adjacent George Romero. It follows all the George Romero zombie rules. They oh, reference my question. Okay. They reference Side of the Living Dead. Like it's in the, that same world. Yeah. Like they they reference the events of the movie because the movie was based off of something that really happened. Okay. In the movie world. So there you all go. All right. Uh, now the cast, if that makes sense. It does. Uh, now the cast of this thing is fucking awesome. So it stars Tom Matthews, who plays Freddy. All right. He is, other than this, best known for being Tommy Jarvis, the best character not named Jason Voorhees. Oh. In the Friday the 13th films. All right. Uh, where he know. played Tommy in Friday the 13th Part 6. All right. Uh, he will also come back for Return of the Living Dead Part 2 playing a different character okay um because well, more on that later um, okay james karen who plays frank you've already seen him he is the gentleman who owned the real estate business in poltergeist okay okay Remember yeah one that's yeah, like yeah. you know takes uh, him up there when he you, learns yeah, about half of all the sales down yeah. there are yours like we should have made you a full partner two years ago i don't want to lose you now like that's james karen uh, mm-hmm. he's also at maholland drive invaders from mars which is a movie that scared the fuck out of me the one from the 80s yeah okay and he also comes back for uh return of living dead part two again more on that later okay clue gulliger plays bert he was in the last picture show nightmare on elm street 2 feast uh he's in tangerine Mm -hmm. the best lgbtq christmas movie ever okay do you, you watch that? I thought we watched that about the two transgender uh, prostitutes on Christmas Eve that are having a fight in. Did we? Los Angeles. Oh, who knows? <laughs> I'll look at the trailer. We'll see. You it's know, I forget most movies immediately after watching wild. them. Um, it's so much fun, though. Whatever. Uh, so there you go. Linnea Quigley, uh, which is, she is Scream Queen royalty. She plays a character named Trash. That's just her name? Yes. Trash. Um, Not... This is also a punk rock zombie oh, comedy. Okay. Uh, she's She was in Night of the Demons. She was the one that pushed the uh, lipstick into her boob. <laughs> yep. Okay. Remember that? <clears throat> I remember that. She is in Savage Streets. Okay. She plays Linda Blair's uh, mute younger sister who gets raped by the gang. Oh, yeah. And she's in Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Okay. I couldn't, I, I could have pulled out the ones. You could have not. Uh, who, who Hollywood could Chainsaw Hookers. Titles? Uh, Miguel, we have another Friday the 13th alum. Yeah. This time from part five. Miguel Nunez Jr. He plays Spider. All right. Spider, trash. He, he was in Street Fighter as well. Okay. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Street Fighter. He's in Life. Okay. Uh, with Eddie Murphy. Yep. And because I watched it with you and I know you love it, he, he is in the movie Black Dynamite. Where he plays the pimp, Mo Bitches. <laughs> Mo Bitches? Yay. All right. So there you go. There we go. We've got Beverly Randolph as Tina. We've got John Feldman as Chuck, who was in Children of the Corner and Point Break. Don Kalfa as Ernie, who's in New York, New York 10 and 1941. Similar to last week. Okay. This movie has a fucking insane soundtrack. Who's on this one? So this soundtrack features The Damned, The Cramps, Tall Boys, TSOL, or better known as The True Sons of Liberty. It's a punk bonanza okay. from the 80s. 
And All it's right. fucking mega fun. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> this movie is... Is insane. I have never been a good time, more convinced like. that you were going to have a, a good time watching a movie than I have about this movie. Okay. Okay. So this is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me a poster of the movie and I try to tell you the plot, make a prediction of what we're about to see. I have, gosh, probably 75% accuracy rating. No, not that high. All right. They're back from the grave and ready to party. <laughs> this looks like a punk rock living dead. It's kind of cartoonized. They're, they're all punked out. She's got massive tits. Okay. So I think this is just going to be a funny version of of um, Night of the Living Dead. I think it's just going to be like a funny version of that. Okay. Um, I think mm-hmm. you're going to enjoy the shit out of this movie. It still is a horror film. Like, it doesn't get lost in the comedy to the point where you're like, uh... Oh, this is like a Naked Gun movie. Yeah, it's not that broad. Okay. Again, we'll talk about the second film at some point. All right. Um, which is way more broad. This is definitely a horror film. Okay. That's also a comedy with zombies. Okay. And punk rockers. And it's in the 80s. And it's insane. Where can we watch this? Uh, This is... You have to rent it on Amazon or whatever. All right. Uh, Scream Factory released parts one and two on a special edition Blu-ray. Which, of course, we own. I have those. Um, Of course. Yeah. So I think it's out of print now. The first one is. Mm. So there you go. Let's find out. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to throw in the Scream Factory Blu-ray and enjoy the shit out of this ridiculous fucking movie. So join us, won't you? Mind the doors. In the dark of the night... Something strange is going on. You see that movie? Night of the Living Dead. Sure. They ship those bodies. Well, say hello. The dead have risen from the grave. How many did you say? A hundred. And now the question is, how do we get them back into the ground? Bert, Frank, we have a little problem. Boiler, ten right. Because technically, you're not alive. Why do you eat people? Not people. Brains. How do you kill something that's already dead? Well, how do I know, Fred? I don't know. Let me think. It's not a bad question, Bert. In that movie, they destroyed the brain to kill him. Is that what they did? The brains, right. Brains. Military 
is nervous. The police are confused. Send more cops. It worked in the movie! Well, it ain't working now. Bring the movie line! It's not a bad question, Bert. It's not a bad question, Bert. It's not a bad question, Bert. Do you the return of the living dead. We watched Return of the Living Dead. What did everyone think? I want all the opinions. I've got a lot of them. This turned into a fun watch with, uh, we had some friends over, and it was just a good time. <laughs> this movie... Uh, this is a slumber party movie. It wins the more people that are there to watch it. Like, yeah? It's, it's fun alone. But it's more but fun it's, with yeah, a crowd? Yeah, it's even more fun with a crowd. I like, can see that. This is a movie that would be, I've never seen it in a theater with a crowd, but it'd be fun as fuck to see it in a theater with a crowd. Yeah, I can um, definitely see that. Okay, cool. Theater owners around here, make that happen. That won't happen. I mean, they don't even play old movies in correct aspect ratios, but <laughs> it is what it is. Okay. Um, All right. Shrug I'm, of the shoulders. Okay, there's a story there for later. Uh, Let's talk about... Return of the Living Dead. Let's go ahead and get the uh, formality out of the way. All right. This is a movie um, about... This is... A story within the living dead sphere where that is a movie that's based on a true story and it's about zomb a, a virus that makes people that makes the dead come alive and want to eat brains well you're mostly right there's not a virus it's that it's what is it it's like an it's a like gas? Agent Orange. Okay, it's the closest thing I can compare it to. It's which is buried not too far from here. Yeah, it's a chemical gas that gets released, and it makes them want to eat brains. Yeah, and um, for those keeping track at home, the whole uh, '80s thing of like zombies eating brains that became like the thing. It was from this movie. comes from this movie. Yeah, uh, as a matter of fact. Because it's the perfect sleepover horror movie. Yeah, later... I can definitely see this being... Like you said, the more people like you have... There are some really good jump scares. So there are elements to kind of scare you. And it it was a good movie. It was a good flick. Um, I found it funny. So, IMDb has a two better. bumbling employees... One of which is my favorite character in the movie, spoiler alert. At a medical <laughs> supply warehouse, accidentally release a deadly gas into the air. The vapors. The vapors. The vapors. That's what I was going <laughs> to Cause the dead to rise again as zombies. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's odd because this movie is a tale of two cities. Okay. Um, on one hand, it is the most fun zombie film potentially ever not that we'll watch this month though spoiler alert for something later okay. um but I'll it's fun as shit and it's goofy and all the characters are ridiculous yep over the top and fun however okay it has the scariest zombies ever yeah like the, the um the, or the original zombie that comes out of the tank tarman that thing is gross not easy gross but he's tarman like the romero zombie films are very nihilistic right right like, you compare this came out the same year as Day of the Dead, where they're living in that bunker. 
And it's the military against scientists. You can and, see this happening up up above. And the one scientist is like, oh, there's like 500 to one of us now. Like, we're, we're completely overrun. Right. But the zombies in that world, you can just shoot them in the head and kill them. Yeah, these. There's so many of them. These you can't kill. You have to burn. <laughs> you, even even then, if you dismember them. Even when you burn them, it just makes more zombies when you burn them. It's because the gas just gets oh, out. Oh, that's right. Goes that's up, right. That's and then right. Rains back down. That's how they go from having the the people come alive in the warehouse to the people come alive in the weird, creepy cemetery the next door. The resurrection cemetery. Well, um, so it's this weird thing where, on one hand, you've got characters named like Spider and Trash. Trash. And Trash is naked. Yeah, seventy percent of the movie. More on that in a moment. Um, and it's like fun and you like want to hang out with these people and their dialogue is ridiculous mm-hmm. and it's just like this 80s like party film yeah and then they're squaring off against fast moving zombies that cannot be killed no matter what right <laughs> like, the only way they think that they're killing them is actually spreading it more even the zombie that's like the undead woman that's been cut in half and she's like <laughs> spinal ta- puppet, spinal fluid leaking spinal everywhere fluid leaking out of her and she's like brain <laughs> it makes the pain go away like yeah. you can't stop these zombies like no matter what you do you can't there's no stopping them it just the movie literally ends with the Just military firing the town. a nuclear missile at uh, Louisville, which, if you've been uh, to Louisville, it's not a bad idea. It seems like that actually happened. Yeah, <laughs> in parts of that town. Yeah, oh, I just Louisville's nice. I just prefer Lexington. I'm one of those people. However, however, uh, this movie does have something in common with Day of the Dead beyond just being like. Weirdly nihilistic and also coming out in 1985. What's that? Having a black man as one of the lead characters? Yes. Okay. And the one that survives. Like Miguel Mendes survives. Uh, I was going to say, ultimately, they're they're both zombie movies. And (laughs) they both are like these zombies overrunning these places. But in both films, the zombies are kind of not the bad guy. They're... The result of the military. Right, the military fucking up. And the military is the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, they like are. The, the, They're bumbling and um, awful. And, uh, yeah. Like the colonel just being like, oh, okay, well, we found those uh, found those tanks. They call we found those eggs. Eggs, and that they've was hatched. It. So now we got to, like, destroy the city. Why didn't you call? Like, just government bureaucracy led to these tanks being left with the two people they should never have been left with. <laughs> yes. Right? Um, a punk Frank, kid and Frank. Frank and Freddy. Uh, Freddy's jacket who says fuck you on the back. Yeah, it's like a Letterman jacket. Yeah, and the best part is hmm. they shot scenes and they were like, oh, this will never make it on TV with this jacket. So they reshot those scenes with the same jacket, but the back said television version. <laughs> Oh, did it really? Yes. Which is what goddamn magical. That is a great idea. <laughs> like scenes where he's running, like, it wasn't like hard scenes to refilm. So he just reshot a couple things with a, the same jacket with lettering on the back that just said television version. Nice. So that way it could play on the TV, which this is not a movie that strikes me as playing on the TV a whole lot. No. Unless the, the TV was HBO. But um, at least they were thinking ahead. It's HBO. That's true. Uh, <laughs> 
Good, um, good call. Yeah, so this is thing where, like, the military's kind of the bad guys. Not kind of, definitely. And the military colonel guy doesn't ever get his feet wet, doesn't ever have to deal with any. He just, like, wakes up in bed beside his wife in the ugliest house ever. <laughs> yes. That looked like Dario Argento painted it. It did. And then was like, okay, now we got to destroy a major city. Beep, beep. And then he just called that Not guy. Not use the incorrect phonetic alphabet. Yeah. I forget what he used, but it was like, he said something hilarious, like hot dog or something like hot that. Hot dog, bleacher, base, like it was, yeah, it was dumb. Okay. Okay. Uh, before we wade too f- much further. Too late. I want to ask you a very important question. I want to hear it. Um, who was your favorite character in this movie? Um, who was Freddie's girlfriend? Oh, Tina? Yeah, Tina was sweet. Tina. I felt bad for her. Tina! She seemed like the good kid, like, mixed in with the wrong crowd. She's running with the wrong crowd, smoking cigarettes. That's right. Uh, um, I have two answers. Okay. There's the teenage version of me that watched this movie for the first time. And it was trash. It was trash. <laughs> that, AKA the girl that's naked the entire uh, time. Linnea Quigley, uh, who's naked in most movies she's in. And uh, the older I get, the more I'm like, it's Frank. <laughs> You did say you loved him. It's every t- I just like this last viewing, I specifically watched it and just kept my eyes on James Karen in every scene, even when he's in the background. And the you what, what he's doing is cracking my shit up. Yeah. Like when they're turning into zombies and he's just holding his hands up, just going in the background. Yeah. I just couldn't stop laughing. It was cracking he, me up. Yes. He has the most emotional moment He's of the movie. Very animated. Whenever he decides to burn himself alive. Yeah. Um, which he weirdly foreshadows that moment because when they take the body parts over that right. they cut up and they put him in the furnace, <laughs> he's like asking a favor of Ernie. We'll talk more about Ernie in a second. Oh, in his fabulous maroon jumpsuit. Yeah. In his tracksuit. Probably being a Nazi. Um, <laughs> Definitely. But he like, I need a favor. Like, Clue Gulliger's like, I need a favor. And it's to run the... Um, the crematorium. crematorium. Mm-hmm. And then Bert just watches it. Or not Bert. Uh, Frank's like, what? that's not a favor. I could do that. And, and then, then he, he does. does it. He has that moment where he puts himself in the crematorium. Mm-hmm. and then says, Takes his wedding ring off. Do you know why that happened? Why did that happen? Because... Um, he didn't want to Everyone spread. in the movie, everyone on the set agreed James Karen was the best part of being on the set. That's the guy who played Frank. Yeah. James Karen would come in, like the producers and the director at Anna Bannon had him come in on days he didn't work just because him being there made everyone else happy. Oh, what, wouldn't that be a great like <laughs> reputation to have? Like Everyone was like, fuck, James Karen's here. He's like a good time. Yeah. So... Because of that, people wanted to, like, do things for him to make him happy, like, within reason. So, like, they're shooting in L.A. Granted, it's L.A. for Louisville, but it's, like, it's winter in L.A. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, they're using rain machines and everything. And James Karen's like, yeah, I I think I'd like to burn myself rather than (laughs) than have scenes where I'm a zombie and I'm outside in the cold-ass rain. And they're like... Yeah, we could do that. Good call. <laughs> That's why he has the seats. Because James Karen was like, I don't want to be outside in that cold rain, please. Good on him. 
<laughs> so they rewrote the script just to have that little scene where he takes the wedding ring off. It was very asks for sweet. forgiveness, climbs in, hits the button. And just Joan of Arcs himself. Yeah. The, yeah. Favorite character as an adult. <laughs> That's your favorite character? Yes. Um, now, What's his favorite character we said as a child, well, a teenager, definitely Linnea uh, Quigley's trash. Yes. Um, she gets super drunk and, you know, she's on drugs, presumably, and just gets naked at the cemetery dancing uh, around. I don't think she's on drugs. I think she's fucking awesome. All right, man. She's just like, do you ever think about dying? No. Do you ever think? Of, do you ever fantasize about being murdered? Yeah, and then he's like, other people no. are like, the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, I just think it'd be like a gu- a bunch of guys around me, and they just tearing at. And that's what happens to her. Yep. Spoiler: She calls her own death. Um, she died just as she wanted. She's the catalyst for so much like comedy, as well as being the sex pot of the movie. Like, explain. For instance, when she is, I forget the suicide. The, okay. the guy who the, drove the car. Yeah. <laughs> that, the guy with the mohawk. Yeah. He is like talking about, he's like, you guys don't take me serious. Like, nope. this isn't, this isn't a game. This is a lifestyle. Referring to his punk yeah, outfit. His like punkness. And she's like, kind of like strip tease dancing on him. While he's like talking about how serious he takes being a punk. And right. he's just like, hey man, have some fucking respect for the dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, okay. Okay, suicide. And then when she's like, um, she starts talking about getting murdered and then gets turned on and gets naked. Mm-hmm. Someone yells, oh hey, so we need some lights over here. Trash is getting naked again. Yeah. <laughs> like, and woo! <laughs> and she does. I enjoy the fact too, because you can really tell in high definition um, that she's in great shape. Well, no, I was sure, but what I was going to say was they shot that scene originally, and she was totally naked. Mm-hmm. And the producers were like, "We can't have, we can't have like pubic hair in this." Like, so, huh, so she just like, shaved. Can we, can we reshoot this without pubic hair? And Anna Bannon's like, "I guess." So he talked to her, and she shaved. Oh, wow. And they shot it again, and they watched it, and they're like, oh, fuck, this is worse. That, what? And, and so they shot we it did, a third time. We took time. the note. We did what they asked. Yeah, they shot it a third time, and they had a props guy, which is probably Tony Gardner, because I believe he worked on this, who would go on to design Chucky. He built this, like, okay. skin thing that went down over her crotch that basically made it look made her look like a Barbie doll. Okay, so you, I guess I didn't know. I didn't notice her dancing, I didn't look close enough. Like, she's, it's like there's, you know, it goes down to where her vagina would be, and then it's just like, yeah, there's nothing. I didn't really, you know, close up pay attention, but okay. And it's just seeing it as an adult, you're like, that's weird. That's a weird choice. And then you you read that they shot that thing three times. And, and she was just time, cool with it. Like, she was okay. like, oh, whatever. And each time they shot it, the producers would be like, oh, no. That's worse. Uh, That's then, worse. Yeah, they're like, we need to just make her, like, focus on the top, not the bottom. Um, so That's there. why, like, um, the church lady... Dana Carvey. Mm-hmm. That's why the shtick of like his throbbing and gorged because they couldn't say like dick or penis, but so they would just say, "You're they're throbbing and gorged, moist and heavy, 
member. Like, because it's so much worse saying it the way that they approve rather than just saying the word. Yeah. America's weird like that. Um, now, none of us mentioned Ernie being their favorite character, but Ernie is fun. He's the guy who runs a crematorium. He's right. the Nazi. <laughs> he's probably in hiding in America. He definitely, he's blonde hair. He's listening to German music. Yeah. He has a Luger. So here's the evidence that points out that, he's that a Ernie's Nazi. a Nazi. Um, when they come in and he's listening it's to It's such a random point. Right? It's like, hey, it would be funny if we made this guy a Nazi. What if my character was a Nazi? Um, what? But okay. he's listening to... The German African Corps marching song, Panzer Roland in Africa for, is what wow. it was called. Okay. On his Walkman, as he embalms bodies, he carries the German Walther. He has a picture of Eva Braun in the morgue. And I, I pointed that out. I, I kept saying Eva Perone. I was like, that's not the right name. But you knew who I'm talking about. Yeah, he refers to the rainstorm as Ein Betrunken Soldat, which is a drunken soldier in German. He knows his way around a crematorium. Which Very well. Yeah. Points to something sketchy. A little bit. And he seems surprised and really ashamed when he finds out that the dead can feel. <laughs> like, oh. Oh. Really? Yeah. He's definitely a Nazi. It's yeah. such a strange character thing, but yes. And it's just this odd. It's never addressed. Like, I feel like a movie now, it would be addressed. Yeah, like, so dude. Like, so you're like a Nazi, right? And yeah. Like, no. It's just, even Clue Gulliger's like, how long have we been friends? And he's like, I don't know, like 20 years? Something and like it's the like 80s, so yeah, that would kind of time out. <laughs> you know, he's like 15 or 20 or something like that. And he's like, okay, well, I, I need you to do me a solid. He's like, okay. Okay. Um, It's wild. This movie was a good time. This movie are fucking wild. And speaking, I just mentioned Clue Gulliger. Um, he's Bert. He owns right? the, the Unita Medical Supply. <laughs> that Unita. part was supposed to be played by Leslie Nielsen. I knew it. And Leslie Nielsen it. and James Karen together, I think, would have broke my brain. Oh, which is why the what universe made it not happen. Dang. <laughs> was there? It just they. A con- conflict, conflict, or it's just Leslie Nielsen wanted of. more money, and they're yeah. like, "We can't afford Couldn't work you." It out. So Whatever. We just have to imagine. I assume he would basically play it like his character from Creepshow. Yeah, <laughs> just like a cold dick. Let's archive this action. Yes. Uh, yeah. 100%. Lots of action. Lots of ten percent death and killing and whatnot and it moves really fast this movie moves yes it does uh revolutionary what would you say what's the official word on that i would say yes because it takes place in the same universe as night of living dead technically okay but man it's like they add a lot of their earliest zombie comedies and it's okay. like a punk rock comedy too. It kind of a year or two later, a lot of movies would be doing this movie, not all together, but right. in different pieces. Okay. Um, like so revolutionary in some ways, sure. Killing, yes, uh, a ton of killing and Tina, body parts and dismemberment. And, I need your brains, Tina. Uh, it's just do oratory. Yeah, because. Fuck yeah. Mm, uh, let's see. And then what's the last one? Fantasy and fornication. 
definitely fantastical. Uh, definitely fornication. A lot of fornication. A lot there's of the a, naked. Lene quickly spends like 70% of her role. Yeah. Butt ass Just naked. butt naked. Because that's what she do. She looks good, yeah. like I said. Um, so, so definitely this is this is an exploitation film. And all of the fun things about an exploitation film. Okay. Um, yeah. Here, let me ask you this question. Okay. Let me answer. What was your favorite scene? Mm, let's see. I don't know. What were my favorites? Uh, the one there. Hmm. I don't know. What, what, you, what, what do you think of when you think of this movie? Like what scene pops to your head? Uh, there are two. All right. I, th- I oh, I immediately I, when he baseball, of- when he uh, like crow hop baseball bad to the head, the one zombie. That okay. was pretty funny. I, the scenes that I immediately think of. Mm hmm. Um, are trash on the in the cemetery. Okay. But I think that's like the scene most people think of. And then also the scene where they're trying to kill the first zombie that came alive in the medical supply place. Right. And they're like, I don't know, like how do, how do they do it in the movie? He's destroyed the brain and he hits it with that fucking pickaxe. Oh, oh um, gross. Yes. How, how could I forget yeah. that? However, on this rewatch, my favorite Ugh. scene was the scene where James Karen and Tom Matthews are turning into zombies and the EMTs come in and work on them and they're like, it's not going to get a heartbeat. They're no, 70 or 78 degrees. Like, so what's that? It's like room it's temperature. Room temperature. <laughs> what does that mean, Doc? <laughs> At no point do they call, like, do they say, let's get you to the hospital. It's more like, let's just keep taking your temperature over and over well, and over like, again. I mean, honestly, though, in that situation, you'd be like, this can't be right though right like mm-hmm. this is we gotta be like there's we're doing something wrong here they and they it looked like they would follow a little protocol like okay let's check the equipment then you do that okay yeah, then i'll check they're like let's go outside and we'll bring some stuff in and we'll take them out and we'll take them off and that's when the other zombies get them <laughs> send more paramedics send more cops yeah they seem to be very smart these also zombies. yeah they also talk <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing. That's the that's what I called out bullshit on the what did you call him, the mud zombie, Tarman. The Tarman was I was like, how is he saying brains? brains. He doesn't have lips. But you need to have lips. Uh, so what was your favorite kill in this movie? Um, probably yeah, the baseball bat to the head. It was so funny. Yeah. Uh, so I can't remember the cast member, but when um, they're fighting the zombies off in the crematorium. And the one that's like cut in half that they end up tying down. Yep. Bites that dude in the head and his head explodes like a fucking tomato. Yeah. Probably what a, that. What about that that's one, Josh? That one's high on the list. That one's super gross. Uh, <laughs> super gross. Um, so another question for you. There, okay. Everybody. What we got? What do you think you would watch this with your family members? Um... I think this is a fun movie to watch. Like the teenager, if we were like watching scary movies, this would be a real fun one that we could agree on, if that makes sense. Because it's short, it's bloody, it it goes really fast. I think he could he would appreciate that. I would not watch this with the seventy five year old. There's too much nudity and there's too much kind of jumping around. She wouldn't understand, even though it's very straightforward. Um, and yeah, not with the 12 year old, not, yeah, still doesn't know with him. I think, okay. I think the 12 year old couldn't handle the gore. Right. 
I think the Linnea Quigley stuff would make it awkward. Would work with him. Oh. Well, <laughs> I think it would land. Okay, it land with whatever. Him. Um, I just want to point out too mm-hmm. as we wind down that we talked in the front half of the episode that they had originally written this for georgia Mary to direct and yes was like guys that's awesome i love you guys but but i want to go in a different i got direction. day of the dead going on it's like a separate like it's like more serious and real fucking as a message yeah um and then they turned to eventually dan o'bannon who had co-written the first draft of alien when it was called star beast right however however between George Romero and Dan O'Bannon, this was briefly going to be directed by Toby Hooper. Oh, that would have been a fun one. Yeah, of Poltergeist and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1 and 2 fame. Yes. Um, It was also going to be shot in 3D. (laughs) Okay. Any Um, specific reason for that? Because it was 1985. And that's just what people did in the 80s. I, I wish this movie was shot... Okay, I don't... Mm. I love this movie, and I would not want to live in a world where this movie didn't exist in the form it is now. That being said... I would like to have seen a Toby Hooper version of this movie shot in 3D. Because it would have been... I think it would have been as batshit crazy as Texas Chainsaw 2. Okay. And it would have been in 3D. It would be like blood fucking flying at the screen. Flicking at you. Yeah. Um, Okay. 100% on board. 100% on board. (laughs) What a weirdo! Yeah, I'm I'm all in on it. Uh, I will say, too, that I think this movie had like a four million dollar budget and it made like fourteen million dollars. Nice, it was a solid blockbuster, which is why it got a ton of sequels. So, what are we watching next week? Uh, next week, we're just gonna keep going and watch. We're Return gonna watch Dead Part the two, sequel. Okay, where this movie is a horror comedy. The next one is a comedy horror. It's a little more comedic than it is horror. Oh, okay. I was going to ask. It leans a little more on the uh, on the comedy than it is on the horror. Okay. Like this movie strikes a really good balance. The other ones don't. Don't. Um. So I'll go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. Well, d- I mean, if we're going to save it for next week. We're for doing next week. Um, Return of the Living Dead two, and then Return of the Living Dead three, and that's all the farther we're going. And okay. they're very different. All oh, three right. are very different movies. Um, the first two feel very 80s, and the third one feels very, like, 90s. Okay, well, until next week. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy, and I'm still his girlfriend. I need your brains, Tina. Give me your brains!